Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. It's 10 o'clock, and my name is Tim Harris, so that means it's time for 10 with Tim, or so they say yesterday. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that 10 with Tim didn't go out. Uh, I, I, I had it, you know, and I thought it was going out. I was in an all-day meeting yesterday, and so uh, anyway, I didn't know that you didn't see it. I didn't know that it didn't happen, uh, and this is, I miss my mom. You know, I buried my mom back in July. My mama was like the one who, if if, if Tim with Tim didn't come on at 10 o'clock, my mama's calling me to see if I'm dead. <laughs> Y'all know how mamas are? Like, she doesn't just think, you know, maybe there's a technical problem. My mama goes straight to, he's dead. You know, he is on the side of the road. Uh, some, you know, something fell on him. He is dead. You know, my mama just went straight there every time. I guess that's what mamas do. I miss my mama. Right. Anyway, so apparently none of you cared if I was alive or dead yesterday. I, I don't mean that. Uh, I know that some of you probably thought uh, something was wrong or you just assumed that I, I, I got busy. Whatever. I'm sorry. Uh, I had it ready. Uh, when I finally realized you didn't see it, I pushed it out in the afternoon. So I think you guys probably saw it about four o'clock if you were watching live. If not, you'll catch it. You'll catch up. I know you will. I love you guys so much. We're going through the book of Job verse by verse. Today we're doing chapters 13 and 14. We're still in the middle of a long speech by Job. And uh, gosh, you know, I love this. It also kind of breaks my heart. It just makes me understand how um, hard it was to understand the heart of God before, before God sent Jesus, you know? Because Job has this incredible faith in God that that is unshakable and this incredible commitment to the justice of God even though he cannot understand it and he he really doesn't have a, much of a sense of God's tender soft heart he can't imagine a higher purpose for his suffering, you know? I mean, it's at the cross of Jesus where we understand the way that God redeems suffering and, and, and can take, uh, you know, it can take something, he can bring beauty out of ashes, you know, and life from death. And the ugliness of the cross, he can turn into the beauty of the resurrection. We need Jesus, you know? The book of Hebrews, you know, says, man, God spoke through many ways, but, but you know, most... Recently, and most importantly, you know, through his son, Jesus. I mean, this is how we know the heart of God. You wouldn't know the heart of God without Jesus. And while Job gets so close, you know, in you know, these moments when he says, I need a mediator. I need somebody who can understand us both. I need, I need somebody in between me and God. You know, he's crying out for Jesus, but he doesn't know that he's crying out for Jesus. I wish I could have gotten to Job. I'd like to think I could have told him about Jesus. Uh, so Job... Is still trying to answer his friends. Uh, look, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've heard it with my own ears. Now I understand. I know as much as you guys know. You're no better than I am. I mean, Job now is just, who do you think you are? You know, you're like, you know, you're like the worst doctors I've ever seen. You're the worst comforters, you know? I mean, this is just Job. Uh, I want to go straight to God. I am so tired of talking to you fools. I want to talk to God. I want to argue my case with God himself, you know, because Job realizes I'm not going to get anywhere talking for you guys, and you think you speak for God, but you do not speak for God. I want to speak to God, you know? You know what I'm saying? These guys think they speak for God. You know, they're just sitting there telling, you know, Job, you better repent like they can see his heart. You know, all they know is what they think, but they think that what they think is, is, is the truth, and they're so misguided. That's why Job says, man, you're defending God with lies. 
You think God's going to appreciate that? You cannot defend the, the God of truth by preaching. I mean, I'm, all, I'm sorry, I'm all up into this there, aren't I? Uh, I'll take a breath. You cannot defend the God of truth by preaching lies. You know, and sometimes when we face these impossibly, you know, complex questions of life and and the human condition and the absurdity of suffering, we do the same thing that Job's friends do. We just go straight to the worst possible answers because they make us feel better. They make us feel better. You know, so there's a mama that's lost a baby and we'll walk by her and pat her on the head and say, well, God must have needed another angel up in heaven. Okay, well, that's awful. I mean, that might make you feel better. And there's something kind of pretty about that. But we don't die and become angels. You know, well, God must have needed her more than you do. What are you talking about? You think that's going to help somebody? You know, but we have these easy pat answers that just fall out of our mouths when people are looking at us in the impossibility of suffering. You're better just to be silent. That's what Job says. Be quiet. Leave me alone. Let me talk. You know, I remind you when they first arrived, you know, seven days straight, they sat there. They didn't say a word and they were so good. That's what friends do. You know, when you, there's really nothing to say, how about not saying anything? And if you don't know the answer to the question, how about not trying to answer the question, you know? Because your, 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 your false answers won't help, you know? I'm telling you, Job is asking these painful questions, but they're honest, you know? And, and I would rather ask an honest question, no matter how painful it is, than to try to mouth off some sort of easy answer that may sound satisfying, but in the end, it's not true, you know? Uh, give me a good, painfully honest question over an easy, you know, false answer any day, you know? And if I don't have an answer, then faith requires me to live with a question, you know? And this is what Job is doing. I don't know the answer any more than you guys know the answer, but I'm really tired of hearing you guys try to answer it. I want to talk to God, you know? So this first section is Job still, you know, he's just talking to the friends. I've seen with my own eyes. Now I think I understand. I know as much as you guys do for sure. Listen to what I'm about to say. Hear me out. I have prepared my case. I will be proven innocent. And, and who's going to argue with me over this? If you can prove me wrong, I'll be silent. Yeah. Wow. Go Job. I think verse 12 in chapter 13 is interesting. He says, your platitudes are as valuable as ashes. Your defense is as fragile as a clay pot. I just think that's interesting that Job sort of talks about ashes and a clay pot because remember, Job is sitting in, like as he's talking this conversation out, Job, if you remember, is sitting in ashes and scraping, you know, his infected sores, you know, rubbing the scabs off with a piece of broken pottery. You know, so Job says, man, your platitudes mean about as much as these ashes I'm sitting in, you know, and, and your defense is as fragile as this clay pot, you know, that's already broken and I'm scraping my sorry hide. With him. And, you know, I mean, go Job. I, I just, I, I love Job. I, I really do. I, I, I just, man, um, verse 15, famous passage, New Living Translation says, God might kill me, but I have no other hope, which is a good translation. But most of us know more of the translation that says, uh, though he may slay me, yet may I hope in him. You know, yet will I hope in him. Uh, it's that whole idea that, yeah, he, he may kill me. He, he may kill me. 
but he's still the only hope I got, you know? It's just what I'm saying. I want to tell Job about Jesus. I just want him to know, you know, that, that his heart is not hardened toward you, you know, that this suffering is not a sign that he has forsaken you or abandoned you, and it's not even a sign of his punishment. There's a higher purpose here, Job, but he doesn't see it. So Job does. He goes straight to God at the end of chapter 13, all the way into 14. Oh God, grant me two things, he says. I just need two things from you. I want you to remove your heavy hand of punishment. You know, just give me a break. Let me swallow my spit, you know. Please, give me a break from the suffering. And then second, answer me. You know, verse 22, answer me. You know, communicate with me. Talk to me. Listen to me. I mean, you know, you know, just give me a break from this suffering. Asking two things. Give me a break from the suffering. Remove your heavy hand from me. And, and, and let's talk. You know, communicate with me. Oh, gosh, man. I, I, I just love him so much. I really, really do. Um, you write bitter accusations against me. You bring up all the sins of my youth. Like, that's the only thing Job can figure. I, you know, this suffering is so out of proportion. I'm, I'm, I'm not a perfect person, you know? But all 10 of my children in a single day and, and everything I've ever owned and, and, and my wife, wherever, you know, the heck she is. And, and now, you know, my body, you know, I, I'm not a perfect person, but what did I do to deserve all this? Are you, are you bringing back everything from high school? You know, because, I mean, if you're going to do that, you know, then, then nobody can ever be pure and innocent in front of you, you know. You put my feet in stocks. You examine all my paths. You trace all my footprints. Man, I, again, I, I just love him, man. My heart breaks for him. Uh, chapter 14, he just continues. How frail is, is humanity? How short life is. Verses 2 through 6 in chapter 14 is a, is a poem. It's a self-contained poem. If you're into this sort of thing, just pay attention. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. These verses are structured as a poem. Verse 4 is the center. Who can bring purity out of an impure person? No one. But then 2 and 3 go together. Uh, five and six go together, but actually verse two and verse five go together and verse three and verse six go together. So check that out if you're interested. It's, it's a complicated little poem, but it's it's beautiful. I love how in, in Job's anguish and in the inspiration of scripture, we get these tortured words in, in this beautiful, poetic, you know, artful form. Now, that poem I'm talking about compares our, our lives to flowers. We blossom like a flower, then we wither. And then Job considers for a moment like a tree, the difference between a flower and a tree. When you knock a tree down, you cut a tree down, you know, there's a chance that the tree could spring back to life. It's still got roots, you know? And Job says, you know, kind of at the very scent of water, man, it's going to send out a shoot. But no, no, actually, we're probably more like a flower, man. You cut us down and, and we're gone. You know, we just withered down to nothing. You might be kind of troubled. It, it kind of, gosh, I... I want Job to know more about the resurrection, but again, this is possibly the most ancient book in the Old Testament, and, and the revelation of the gospel you know, is progressive and, and most fully seen in Christ. And, and until the resurrection of Jesus, you know, even the followers of Jesus really couldn't wrap their heads around you know, what resurrection was. So you got to kind of forgive Job for not fully grasping, you know, the, the hope of resurrection. He sort of goes back and forth, but mostly he seems, again, he, he doesn't know Jesus. And so for Job, it's a sense that I, I don't know that God is going to really help me in this life, you know, so how's he going to help me in the life to come, you know? There's this moment here where he says, you know, m m maybe he'd remember me, 
know, just m maybe, you know, m maybe he would remember me. Um, but, uh, but you always overpower us. You, we pass away from the scene. You disfigure us in death and then send them away. They never know th what their children turn into. Uh, we suffer painfully. Our lives are full of trouble. You know, wow. Again, it's a rather pessimistic view, but uh, this is kind of the way life looks to Job right now. I remind you, God's going to answer him. God's going to give him exactly what he's asking for. But in this moment, Job is trying to figure out what all of this weight of suffering means and how do you square that up with a God who loves you and is faithful, you know? So uh, anyway, like I say, uh, we know some things Job doesn't know because we know Jesus, but also we know how this story begins and we know how this story ends. Job still doesn't know. He's in the middle of the story. He is sitting in asses and scraping his scabs with pottery. And uh, God bless him. He will not. He will not give up his faith. He will not give up his uh, his uh, his piety, his inner integrity before God. I love this man, man. I hope I have a teaspoon of what this man has when I uh, when I come into my next trial. Pick up right here tomorrow, chapter fifteen and sixteen. Two chapters again, chapter fifteen, verse one through chapter sixteen, verse twenty-two. Uh, listen, have a great Wednesday tonight. Uh, worship at Wilmer Baptist Church. If you got nowhere to go, nowhere to be in the midweek, come be in prayer meeting with us tonight, six o'clock. I love you guys so very much. I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, ten o'clock for ten with Tim. Have a good day.